Hello everybody, welcome to episode 26 of Competitive Magic with the Carnies. I'm your host from Italy, Andrea Menvucci, and joining me today we have Javier Dominguez from Spain. Hello everyone. And that's it, because once again our friend and co-host Anthony Lee is flying across the ocean to get to the further part, to the, get the, to the further part? From where I mean, I guess it's far, and uh, Anthony will eventually arrive in Australia from Philadelphia, and uh, he will join the Carnies next week. But for now, it's just me and Javier. Welcome back, Javier. Thank you, thank you very much. I hope Anthony gets uh, safe at home. Probably it will be like a week or two because Australia is so far from here, from there that you know. Hopefully, we will hear from him soon enough. Does he take the, the the plane or does he sail across across the ocean? <laughs> Maybe he sails across the ocean. I don't know if one week will be enough, though. I guess it will. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 a long journey for sure. Uh, but uh, you guys played in the Pro Tour, the first paper Pro Tour since uh, COVID. Uh, so it's very cool, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear your experience, but mostly about the testing experience, because that is, I would say that is mostly the, the, the best part of the Pro Tour, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly it's an important part, and also, you know, it's the, it is the part that never, like, depends on anything else. Like, if you have a good time testing, that's something that goes with you. Like, you don't have to get lucky to get a good testing, if your testing team is good or whatever, so... So yeah, I mean, I also want to hear what what was Anthony's experience, but for me, well, this was great, Mango, and listeners, this PT was great. It, it did really make me feel like, you know, we're playing a PT. That's, that's the best way I can say it. It's just like this experience is, it's experience worth chasing, you know, like it, it was, it was intense and it was emotional. I didn't know what to expect, but... I definitely this definitely was better than what I would expect if you had asked me before the tournament. I didn't go particularly well, but I also did fine enough, you know, to get to play like some rounds. So it was good. Yeah, I think you will have liked it, Mango. <laughs> you finished 19th, so saying I didn't go particularly well, I think it's a... You just don't say that. You, you went great. You went 11-5, 19. You requalified for the next Pro Tour. I'm sure I'm sure that was a great performance. Uh, it, it was good. I also missed the top 16, which was like the big praise jump in the tournament. Like That, that was what a big cut was. So I got close to that big, big jump. So that's why it didn't feel like uh, as good because my breakers were low. So I got out of, the, of that big cut. But other than that, yeah, I mean, it was good. Like I had a, a good run in the tournament, so I definitely got to enjoy like these rounds where you're kind of like if you won three, you went three zero or something, you could go maybe top eight. So, so that was good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying like I, mean, I didn't go like zero five or anything, but I also didn't go like top eight. But even top sixteen for me, that, that that's a big difference. But but yeah, the tournament was good. I I'm very happy with the result. I got to qualify again, which is something I thought I will not achieve. So yeah, I, I I guess I didn't choose the words very well. What I want to mean is like, I had a big, like, I have a good experience, even though like I was having the experience also when I was three three, like a three two or whatever. You know that, that that's the, I guess that's a better thing, a better way of saying it. Like even you know I, I was having the experience through the tournament. My tournament started very like it started badly. I started zero two. So I kind of like had this mindset of like, well, this is likely gonna be my last PT. So I'm going to make sure I do enjoy 
every part of it, you know? Like, I was just trying to enjoy the games. And because I like playing this pressure magic games or whatever, so it was... It was a good ride. I, I, I'm going to tell you something, Mengo. I, I know you're going to value this a lot, but it's, it was strange. It's been my first PT since I can't remember when, where I actually didn't watch any movies or any series in the tournament. Can you believe that? Oh, wow. <laughs> what did you do in for a round? I was sitting there talking with friends and, you know, there were so wow. many people. Yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, whenever there was a PT, um, Javier, like, finishes the round and just goes in some random tables and just with the hoodie on like the actual hoodie on and he just watches an anime or, or whatever during the rounds and you know <laughs> that was always his way to focus but i guess i've never i've never you know i've never agreed i mean agreed i've never uh, joined you in that strange in that system because what i do instead is just yeah as you said now just talk to people but I'm glad that uh, you also do that now. <laughs> I, I I might go back into that, you know, but for this tournament, I just, like, there were so many people I wanted to talk with and I knew there will not be afterwards, like, whatever, no. So I just t talked to people, right. you know, uh, because yeah. so many people, I just wanted to ask, like, how's life? You know, how 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 have you been? How's life now? How are you getting, you know? How, how's your, your story going? And yeah, I mean... I guess I was maybe a little bit less focused on like the competition. I can concede that, but I also was happier because I was getting to talk to these people that I usually don't get to talk with. So yeah, I mean, I wanted to share this with you because I knew you would, uh, you know, appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always a critical, of, a little bit critical of your. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy uh, that. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, it's not. It was not like a. It's not like I decided to do it beforehand. Actually, it wasn't. Like I only noticed by the end of the tournament, like wow, I haven't watched a single thing in the whole tournament. Like in the whole tournament. It's not like and I decided like, you know, the I even rounds, brought, yeah. You're getting low on minutes? No, it just had I mean I ended some rounds pretty fast, to be fair. Uh, especially the mm -hmm. limited ones were kind of fast, all of them. Right. No, I just, you know, like I didn't it just didn't feel like it. Like I never like I always found someone to talk with. You know, it's, it's, that was a, yeah, there were so many yeah. people I wanted to see. And that, that was... Yeah, I would good. say that uh, a paper PT, the feeling of, I don't know, you just be like, every match is so important, especially towards the end, because you were in the uh, top eight contention, right? Up until, uh, what was it? You were 10 and 3, 10 was and 4? 6 4, yeah, yeah. I was six Yeah, so you had to win back-to-back -back round to get to the top eight. Yeah, they were pretty huge rounds. Yeah, but still, you know, I will just talk with people. It, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It was a different feeling for me, and I, I liked it. I might go back to the iPad style, but maybe <laughs> not. I don't know. You know, I'm just going to go with the flow. Like, maybe I feel differently next time. But for me, yeah, I mean, it was quite experience. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad that Pippa PT is back. Uh, of course, my experience is also different because I was just watching from home. But I would say that, you know, reading Twitter and watching the coverage, uh, it definitely felt like it was an important event for so many people that you can never compare it to an arena PT. It just, it wasn't even close, like the reaction on the internet uh, that you got from people. Yeah, it was so, in I mean, for me, it was an intense tournament and I loved it. Like it was, it felt super different to me than how it felt in Sofia. Like, when I was in Sofia, I felt I had, like, these, like, GP vibes, which is fine, but it's a whole different thing of the PT vibes, right? So, this one had the PT yeah, vibes. It, it did yeah, really. In Sofia, 
It was a regional championship. It's the same that in America it was Atlanta and Sydney or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, what you're saying is that uh, it was really, it really was a pro tour. If if Sofia felt more of a GP, this one was really a pro tour. Exactly. I can, I can Absolutely. see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That. That's, I mean, yeah. that, I, everyone. Okay. So everyone feels these things differently. So for sure. You no. Know, but I also got. So this is something I noticed halfway in the tournament. I think it was done with Matty, where I was like, you know, these last years in the PT, I was, so after 2017 or so, 16, I got platinum or whatever. I got gold in 16. So all these PTs, I really love them. I loved every one of them. But it was a different thing because I knew there would be more, right? Like it was right. never like mm-hmm. a unique thing. That 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 was Worlds. All the other tournaments were like, you know, this is one PT, but I have another one. This time I went to this PT with the feeling of like, you know, this is likely or could be my last PT ever, right? So that made just, that made it like more intense just by the fact that it might be the last one. And I don't know if that happened to other people, but it did happen to me quite a bit. That's, that's something I don't get if I play other tournaments also. Yeah, it's funny knowing that I at some point played my last paper PT and I never knew it was the last. I mean, obviously, I don't know if it's the last one. But <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, like you didn't know back in the moment that it was the last PT, right? <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> sure. Yeah, hopefully Naples is uh, is coming soon and I'll get the qualification, but it's so hard. It, it feels like, uh, you know, when you know when we were... You, we were in the MPL and everybody outside was telling how much, you know, they enjoyed watching people, you know, celebrating and competing in all these cool events, but it was so hard to get in. And for me, it was, it was the Pro Tour where, you know, so many of people that I knew were just so happy about this event and I was just outside. It's so hard to get in. So it felt a little bit like that, but of course, you know, I was so privileged uh, with the MPL and stuff that obviously, um, it's just, uh, I guess it's just an experience that I never had. So it was a little bit tough, uh, at the beginning, but honestly, I, I got to enjoy the coverage at least and, and really just watch, you know, Reduke and Nassif and, uh, you know, all the, all the, all the players that was rooting for actually doing well every time they were in coverage. So it was cool. Yeah. I mean, that's. It's, it's kind of hard to qualify. Like, you know, when I said people like, yeah, I'm going to see this different because it might be my last PT. They were like, you know, but you can qualify again. I'm like, well, I, I think qualifying for these things is pretty hard. Like, even if you're good, like, I don't think I'm bad, but like, even if you're good at playing or solid, you have to top 30, whatever the RC or like, you know, it's very hard to qualify. You have like only one shot. I guess yeah, maybe two if you count the arena or whatever, but like, it, it's, it's very hard to qualify no matter what. And I don't think, even if even if you pull like the hypothetical best player or whatever, they will still have not a super high chance to qualify for any given PT. So the, the, I agree with you there. Like it's super hard. And like there's the PT Barcelona where I obviously want to qualify as much as I can, but I also am realistic. And I know that even if I test a lot or whatever, I just, you know, you can just mana screw that day and it's over. You know, like it might depend on you. It might be your fault, but also you can just simply like you don't get lucky this day and that's it. So it, it, and I think that one of the, the, the great and strong mentality that, uh, you know, pro players have and have de- developed is that uh, you don't tie your emotions to one event. So if you do poorly in one event that you know you practice well for, you know that you have another one to, you know, to get your variance on your way. But that doesn't happen necessarily with uh, this time because you have one shot, which is the RC, to do well. And, you know, if, if that doesn't pan out, 
that's it. Like you can't play the pro tour. Exactly. And, um, that's it. That, that, yeah. That's it. Well, yeah. Whereas, you know, back in the days, we would have like four pro tours a season. So if you could even break like two of that, but do well in the other two, and you would continue the streak. Maybe you can say it was too easy previously, but you know, not that many people were able to do it. So I guess it wasn't that easy. No, it's, it's, I don't think it, it was like easier or harder. It was different. Like before, it was better if you want to consistent or whatever. But now there's, I mean, there's still a lot of people qualified. It's just like it's going to be different people every time. But some people it's gonna get there anyway. I guess if you go like across the year, it should be like similarly difficult, proportionally. But it's gonna spread in different way, which is fine. You know, I'm also I'm also yeah. glad like all this. I played like a few players that they were. It was the first PT. Uh, so I, you know, like we went for you know the classic like there's some players playing the first PT and then people clap. You remember that in the PTs? Yeah, the one that stand up. Yeah, they didn't stand up this time, but we did the clap. Okay. I don't know. It just it was a cool moment for me because I don't know, it had been a while and yeah, like all these people, like for a moment I thought like, well, I don't know if if the experience they're gonna get is similar to the one we had before, but it is. Like I'm glad these yeah. these players that played the source PT this time, they actually got this speed experience, which is like similar to what we got before. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, listening to, your, to the stories uh, uh, and yours as well, it just feels like they just took the same uh, approach that was the last paper PT and, and put it to this one. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah, like I think it's it, that, that's cool. You know, I think that's uh, they they did a good job with that thing. So I, yeah. I'm very yeah, glad I think they, they, did, they did that. Yeah, that's really that's really just for the judges. Like the judges, they handle these events so well. Same thing in the uh, LMS in Europe. Yeah, the judges are just yeah, just very very good at uh, organizing stuff like that, and always makes it feels like a a very important event when you're there and 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 competing. And yeah, they they did have enough yeah just for like they 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 didn't feel like they were understaffed or whatever. You know, it just like it was good. The venue was good. Like there's small things that could be improved or whatever, of course, as always. But over, I heard that you know you had a lounge with like free coffee for every competitor. Yeah, there was a coffee. I mean, you know, I don't drink coffee, but it was like yeah, you have water, coffee, just some tables to sit, yeah, which is something. Nice. I mean, I remember like in PT London, the one with Phoenix. Okay. Like I remember having to watch my movies on the floor because there was not a place where I could sit on. You know, so you will see me on other people who want, who just wanted to rest between rounds, just having to sit on the floor next to a wall. You know, that's not because you that. couldn't sit on the tables. No, because the tables were all for playing on the playing area. You're right. Yeah, you know, so you cannot get there. there. So okay. yeah, so I had to sit on the floor. That, that's not yeah, very serious or whatever. Good. You know. Now this time we had like a few yeah. tables. It was like maybe I don't know, like five big round tables. Like it could absorb more people. Like it was never crowded. You know, like it, but you always have a, had a seat if you wanted to. It was good. I mean, it's kind of easy to do that, but it just changed the experience. It, it was also yeah. you. You received a lot of product, as in you received a. Everyone received a Jace. That's yep. about five hundred euros, so that's very good. And if you did well in the event, you received a foil Jace, which is, as far as I know, like three thousand. Yeah, but that was that was a top sixteen cut. That that's why the top sixteen yeah. cut was exactly so large. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this is a very new thing that Wizards is doing. It's actually, you remember how like they never acknowledged the secondary market. Now they do it. So now they actually give prize for free. For, I mean, not for free, but like that doesn't count in the actual, you know what I mean? Like extra, yeah. extra stuff. It can, kind of, you know, it kind of makes you wonder why this was not done before <laughs> in a way. 
I mean, it's Wizards. They're probably just... No, I'm saying, like, <laughs> they did it this time. We'll see. Yeah. We also got, like, a playmat. Like, a cool playmat, like, production playmat, and a backpack. Which yeah. might become yeah, before, my new backpack you could, for Magic Tournaments, actually. Yeah, <laughs> you could buy the, the, the playmat before for, like, $25, I think. Or 50 I don't remember. But. Yeah, they were kind of expensive. They, they did give it this time. They could, yeah, they, they was... Also, this is the kind of thing, like, they give you a backpack and a playmat, and, you know, that's just... That's just very cool. Like it was cool for me, and I have played a lot of Peters, and I had some bags uh, from Peters or whatever. This one was good. I'm pretty sure, like for people that was, I mean, if it was cool for me that I have played yeah, a bunch of Peters, imagine for you know, <laughs> like it was like, wow, yeah. this is so cool. And then I felt like, yeah, because someone, someone from Spain, like they were like, wow, this is just great. And I was like, yeah, it is. Like you know, even if you had played more Peters before, this is still like super cool. And yeah. they really, I complete accomplished that feeling. That was being cool, you know. Yeah, I believe this started, if I'm not mistaken, with Flesh and Blood. Like, Flesh and Blood is a card game that was giving very expensive cards for, like, GP winners and whatever, PT winners and things like that, like like unique cards. And I think they just, you know, copied the same model and uh, they're doing the same. Like, I don't know, there's a very small amount of Jace in the world and it's very expensive. I think that, that's, that's cool. It. Yeah, I mean, we also had in Sofia, right, where with the promo of the fairies. The fairy. The yeah. one I forgot in the beginning, but, yeah. <laughs> No, that the foil one, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I didn't know. I didn't know there was like price that price in Sofia. So I just <laughs> had, yeah. All right. Um, so, well, but I mean, also, when, you ask me about the testing. I don't know if you want to talk about, about the, the right. No, itself. one more thing I want to ask. Yep. I want to listen. Uh, I want to hear the stories from your uh, the testing partners that were new to uh, paper magic high event, like. I know, as far as I know, that uh, some of your teammates uh, that did very well, like uh, Tristan uh, Weilaroux and David Inglis, uh, they, they did super well in the event, 9th and 12th, but they were kind of new to the to like paper high-level magic. How did that go? Like well, That's that's uh, wild. Like, I mean, some of them never played uh, PT before, like a high-level event level before. I think it was, I don't know, about they, because David was not on the house until the very last day, so I got to okay. talk way less with him. Well, it was particularly Julian and I think Tristan. Like, Tristan was wild because I think he never actually played, like, tournaments. You know, like, he also never played, like, a GP or something like that. You know, wow. like, in paper. Like, I think Julian also, like, it was completely wild to me. Uh, there was a running joke around on how, like, he will get, like, a lot of warnings or whatever. But, man, this this these guys are fast learners. They just... You know, like you will see them playing and every day will just play better. And I mean, for me, the concept of having not played like in paper was strange at the beginning because there was this, uh, a story like we were drafting and they were like, well, but how do you pass the cards? You know, like, like the, uh, because for us, it's just you shuffle the cards and you put them counting face down, right? Like it's pretty obvious because we've done it like a million times. But if no, someone has never drafted in paper, how will they know that? <laughs> So we had a lot yeah. of stories like this. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed by these guys actually, you know, managing the, because the PT is like a lot of pressure or whatever. You know, they have pl playing important games. Magic is a very complex game, but they also had the pressure of like not having played with actual cards, with physical cards in an event like this. So this result, like like Tristan top like uh, twelfth place or whatever, like, I think they are like double impressive for me at least. You know, like imagine just playing. Yeah, like you're playing online only, you never touch a card in physical paper, then you go there and you almost up it anyway. I think that's, um, you know, I, I think that's impressive. Like in the house, when we were rafting, we actually, 
drafted like the tournament after the second day, whatever. They were like, "Well, I need to practice the tournament draft because I don't know what how to do it." So we went with we had Anthony, you know, doing its best impersonation of a judge, just calling the draft which, like the judge. Which rules. judge? Which judge? <laughs> do you need to know which judge? <laughs> yeah, tell 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 the listener. So uh, a side story: Anthony uh, in person in person if impersonifies very well uh, Riccardo Tessito, you know, famous Italian judge, and he just copies his accent perfectly. So there's a video that I think Austin posted on Twitter where Anthony just calls the judge with great uh, Tessito accent. It was beautiful. Exactly. So that, that that's how we do it. Like in the house, Anthony was like, you know, players, play 14 cards, you know, like, like you know, draft, <laughs> pass the cards. We also had the timer drafts. We also yeah. timed them because... You know, so the, so they would get used to actually drafting like the same way you would, they were drafting the PT. Right? We have to did we have to do it like that way. Which honestly, yeah, the, I think when they said it, I didn't like the idea. You know, Tristan said like, "Well, let's do this and try." I didn't like the idea because I was like, "Come on, let's just us, you know, review the picks and take our time mm, or whatever." Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, it was a great idea actually. Even for people like me, you know, it, it was a uh, it was good. I, I think that it was good for everyone, not only for them. It was obviously good for them because they had to learn about it. But it was good to also like it was the first time where I drafted in the PT, and I didn't feel like I was rushed to make the picks because I had been drafting like that the whole week. You know, yeah, it's something one, that I didn't expect. You know, one thing that I think is super different, um, and that you have to learn about is that at the PT you don't see your picks up until uh, the end of the pack. Whereas online, you always see every, like the minor curve and etc. So you actually have to memorize everything. I remember that that was a super important thing, like knowing exactly how many creatures spell to drop three drop I had while drafting. Exactly. But if you do this for a whole week, uh, yeah. it, start, it stops being hard. So I, 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 thought, I thought it was super useful. So I'm really glad we did that. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, the, he was always like super concerned about like because he played like um, specifically Tristan played Lotus combo, yeah. and I remember him being paranoid about like you know doing the correct order of drawing cards and tapping lands or whatever. They, I mean, all the players were concerned about like just count how do you count the mana while going off this kind of stuff, which is kind of yeah. not a concern, not to the same extent if you're like you know. Uh, a well-seasoned paper player, but it was, I mean, it was fun, you know, to watch them, like, learn. And they were very fast, again. Like, they was, they, I mean, I think they played both, like, few, few two matches or whatever, and you could just see, like, they just, you know, they just were playing Magic, the, even though we knew they were kind of new to it, but new to the yeah. paper play, but... Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. It was funny to me because I was watching, um, I believe David English was 6-1, and one, so I got to watch his last match, and... Uh, I, I mean, I, I know his name, of course, because he dominated the arena um, events. Uh, but it was so funny watching him tapping the lands. You know, like, you understand when a player is new to Magic, when they tap the lands in a, like, in a very, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like, 90 degrees. You, you can feel it, right? Yeah, no, I can feel it. Yeah, like, the way they handle the taps on the cards or whatever, yeah. This, there's this kind of way where, that people play a lot do it. Yeah, exactly. And it's so weird because if you play against a player that it's so new to paper magic, you would assume that he's bad, right? And it, and he is not, which is uh, definitely a new era of uh, competitive magic. I think from now on. Yeah, I guess other way of saying it's like usually when you play against someone who is clearly not very like used to play with cards, it means they're like not used to play the game itself. 
Yeah, exactly. Now we have this situation where these players actually not to play, not used to play with cards, but they played a lot of Magic, and they already know how to play very well. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a new age. I agree with you. Like yeah, I remember I played against in Sofia. I played against a player uh, from Europe who uh, was qualified to World, so played the Worlds like a few weeks before, and he was just so new to Paper Magic that you could tell whenever they top deck, you, that just their cards were falling off their hands. You know, <laughs> looks so clumsy and. Yet they just qualified the worlds thanks to Arena and you know also like we have our world champion uh, Nathan Stewart who ran it back top eight like went world champ into top eight of a PT it's it's amazing Nathan's definitely uh, yeah one of the best player in the world right now together of course we read you we haven't mentioned him yet I'm so sorry Reed but read you won the Pro Tour finally that's very cool for me yeah that's yeah. just great yeah I was happy to see him winning for sure like. Reed has been a while, a lot, um, around for a while. I've, I've always thought like he had been underrated. Uh, I mean, because he's always been like super consistent, a lot of finishes, but also a lot of like you know deep runs in tournament. But he's never got like this huge trophy. I remember he lost the finals to Shahar like ages ago. He's just he'd been there like in the top for like so many years, and it, it's very good to see someone who I also like. You know, you know, I'm a big fan of Reed Duke personally, and you know, I think it's just a very good thing for the game that yeah. he wins. But mostly, I'm happy for him. You know, I'm happy that he gets to enjoy this now, and you know, like to know that he's gonna have this victory with him forever. Because I think the, the man deserves it a lot. So yeah, in the consistency, the consistency of Reed is is great. Like he in the winner interview, he said to Cedric something like, during those arena days, I never top hated any event. Yet he qualified to Worlds with the MPL's top four slots when it was like super hard, right? Like yeah. just, you had to make, I don't know, <laughs> X4, X5, every PT. And he, he did that. And then he was always MPL through every, every year. Yet he never, he never got, he never got a top eight. P Paper PT is back. You know, first place Reed Duke with uh, is a creativity a deck that he said he picked up uh, with the team at the very at the very at the very final days as he was uh, mostly playing Rakdos, but you know found that this deck was very well positioned. Uh, so yeah, maybe we can start talking about Pioneer now, Javier. How about it? Yeah, I think I mean up to you. I could play. I could, <laughs> yeah, I can talk about the PT. I can talk about Pioneer. I think. A lot of these things will in time because the PT was obviously pioneer, right? And it was like the big thing. But also, um, I wanted to tell you and the listeners that I'm glad they also had this mixed draft and constructed, you know, tournaments. Like I, I loved having draft in the tournament. I think um, maybe because that maybe I think of it this way because it's how I used to play the PTs, but. I just loved having this tournament where it's two formats, like draft plus uh, constructed. You have to prepare both. You have to like you know try to have all these skills like you know use them together. Um, I'm glad the PT draft is also, the PT drafts are also back. You know, so you can just open the <laughs> be like ah, let's open something and yeah, it was good. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm sure I'm sure that uh, the split format is more uh, it's more exciting than the 15 round uh, standard event they're gonna that we're gonna be playing soon, but. Yeah, this. Let's just say that split format always feels like the event matters more if if it's split format. Yeah, for me it does. Like I mean, but it has always been like that. Even though, like like the old nationals, they were split format, and I loved it. Even if it's 
you know, I was like bad at drafting or whatever, but it was like just good for my taste. They just have the, like these like split formats. You ever played the worlds that was three different formats? No, fortunately not. Oh, okay. I, I watched them on okay. like the TV, or whatever, but I did not. Yeah, yeah. same. One day, yeah, Mango, maybe. Long, long time ago, long, right? That was. Long, they started yeah. on like Thursday. It was six rounds of a format. Friday, six rounds of a format. Well, I actually Saturday, did. I actually place. did. Oh, yeah. my memories, dude. Uh, <laughs> you played it? Yeah, I did play like in Nagoya, two thousand four. Yeah. Four. Wow. Maybe four okay. or five. I don't know. Like, yeah, I actually went top sixteen. I think I went like tenth place or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like <laughs> it's funny. Huh? I forgot about this. <laughs> it was a standard, uh, limited, and extended, and I went five yeah. one two four and six zero. Oh. <laughs> nice. Uh, did you play Cephalids? No, I played the rock. No, the, with gifts the given. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, gift rocks. Yeah, that's old. Deck. That's the gift rock. Exactly. That's an old egg. Oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the memories is good. Yeah, the. Um... No, I'm sure. I'm sure draft was fine. How was how was uh, how was the format? I've never I've never drafted this format. I don't even know the um, cards. I mean, how, how this it? format got like a very bad press in the internet compared to other formats. I thought it was mm -hmm. fine. I mean. There's a lot of like I think maybe maybe issue with the format is similar to the World of the Spark. You remember what we did and what you wanted to do yeah. in the Wrath of the Spark format? You remember, right? Tell the people open bombs. But tell tell the people what you wanted to do for the last drafts. <laughs> I open a god. Like no, you wanted to remove the gods from the draft because they will just ruin. Like oh, just <laughs> yeah. Game. So yeah. So uh, so let's tell the story. Um, the PT. Uh, what was it? London, right? Yep. Yeah. PT London, the one with the spark. spark. Yeah, exactly. The same. It was the PT was on pre-release, like uh, so people couldn't actually. <laughs> that was so like it's wild that they did it, but anyway, uh, you couldn't draft with packs. You couldn't draft a magical line. You know, you couldn't draft. So we what what we did was we found a testing team. We proxied all the cards, and then we randomized packs, but. I don't know why, but the randomizer, I mean, I guess it's random. Maybe it wasn't. Anyway, I had that conspiracy theory saying that uh, drafts in wasn't actually random. I don't know. Kept on putting gods in it. Like every draft, like three gods. And, you know, whoever had gods was just winning every time or never doing badly mostly. So I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's just draft without, <laughs> without gods so that, you know, we can see actually how the format is. Because this doesn't feel like it should be this way, but at the end of the day, it was mostly a gods or planeswalker. Yeah, I hated World of Spark. Yeah, turns out the gods and the planeswalkers were good. I did draft some of those. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and this time it was similar. Like the same situation where we had like a lot of like uh, rare cards that were like just complete bombs. Like Nisa was a rare. Remember that. The five man and Nisa. yeah 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 <laughs> like, like they were they're, they're, oh oh in word the spark you mean yeah exactly right and here how is it here like there's is there's there's a lot of rares that are plus walk like I opened the cough okay. in this PT like cough is one of these like broken unlimited plus walkers and it's a rare Both? like it just it was okay. not a mythic it's a rare so we have the classic unbeatable mythics every set has but also there are like a bunch of bombs in mm. in rare there no one's like Goliath level of course. But still, like, you know, bombs are good enough to just win games single-handedly. And that, for me, like, a format like this is, like, I, I will never think a format like that is a good format because they're just not, like, like half of the games. They're just decided by these cards because there's so many. Most of our trophies were, like, in the house, in, I mean, in, in, inside draft. They were, like, bomb tribal. 
like whoever had two planeswalkers or whatever, they just win the draft. Like because the the good decks could not keep up the like the new emperor, Nasik Mana, mm-hmm. Trashy yeah, yeah. whatever, that's a rare. Like, right? Yeah. That, that that's just like Yeah, my my experience at the pro release has been that uh, the commons there were so a lot of commons removals for planeswalker. Yeah, but that is true that you can remove the planeswalkers, but that doesn't mean they're not winning the game regardless. You know, like like if they play the six mana emperor, you're probably losing. Even if they like, if they don't kill it, you you're losing every time. But even if you deal with it, the damage is often like, you know, done in many situations. Also, there's a lot of like snowbally cards, like Phyrexian Arena, whatever. You know, they play this card, they play in turn three, you're gonna lose. There's a lot of uh, situations like this. Let's say I think this simply makes the format not very good or not good, but once you get you move past that, I think the format is actually okay or good. Once you go, like it has some fixing, it has like a lot of different strategies. Even you know, with the same colors, you can do different things. The gameplay is interesting. I thought a lot about you because some players wanted to play more draft and less games or whatever. And in my head, that has this man. This you remember you're saying like this man, small mango talking like, no, but let's play the draft games because draft games are very important. So you actually know how to play the games afterwards. You know, like I had the. You, know, yeah. you remember you advocating for this every time. Yeah, yeah. So what happened every time is that some people draft, and what and like there's five people watching the draft. Let's see, draft a magical line. Five people watch the draft, and then everybody leaves for the games because they only care about the draft. But how do you evaluate a card? If you don't actually play the games and yeah just playing the games you get to understand what to play against like the combat tricks that are in the format actually how your decks plays out because you can't just say oh i want 3-0 so this archetype is good sometimes you go 3-0 but you don't have a good feeling like you only won because of your bomb and like things like that yeah so so, so it was like our our decks were a little bit like that but yeah we played a lot of games also and I found some of the games interesting. I think the toxic mechanic is actually the toxic plus corrupted mechanic. It's very smart design. I think there's a lot of uh, you know situations where you have to block that you wouldn't otherwise. That makes yeah, the combat tricks more relevant. Like jump attack. Yeah, jump attack or combat tricks are actually goodish. They're better than other formats. And I think that's good also. Mm. I, I think the format is pretty interesting. Like if you, yeah, I think it's a good format. Except you know you play. A, chimp, a good chimp attack, you'd play a, a good combo trick, but they tap six mana, play Emperor, and you're dead. <laughs> and yeah. since it's rare, it happens a lot. So I would yeah. say the format is definitely like below average. I would say it's like a four mm-hmm. out of ten or something. But I don't think it's as bad as, you know, yeah, the internet press compared to, I mean, my experience was it's fine. Sure. Yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit, to be fair. Maybe, but this is like half of the games are just like that. But I definitely think it's um, the four fun drafts. I was had some fun drafting this week also. I don't love the idea of playing the bomb fest in tournaments, especially the PT or whatever, but you know, yeah, it was it was good for me. Acceptable. Maybe like a five out of ten. I don't know. Okay, Four okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get let's get into the, the, the pioneer testing now. So we're gonna skip modern this week because we had a full modern episode last week. I was with a twinless twin. Uh, so check it out. Oh, actually, I haven't mentioned it yet, Javier, but we do have a Patreon. 
We do. We do have a Patreon. Yeah. I'm supposed to mention it uh, every week. Uh, it's just that we didn't have any new Patreon this week. So I guess I didn't put it in the show notes uh, to thank our new Patreon because there was none. But uh, we do have a, a Discord where, you know, you can just uh, ask us questions there. People ask me uh, all the time things. You can post your results and we can talk about it. So uh, check it out at uh, patreon.com slash carnies. And as I said, yeah, no uh, modern this week because uh, it's been a lot, a lot of modern talk last week. But let's talk about Pioneer finally. So the decks, the deck you decided to play was Rakdos Midrange to the surprise. Su- definitely surprise. not of me because I thought you were playing this deck. <laughs> surprise, yeah. I mean, there was a joke in the team where someone said like, when the testing started, like, yeah, and the, they said I was locked on Black Red since the beginning. Which honestly was not true. I didn't play as much Black Red during the testing as I thought I would. But ultimately, I just kept doing fine with the deck. I think I think this deck was it was good for me during the tournament, honestly. I just felt like I was playing a decent deck. But obviously, you know, that there were some other options. Um, I want to say, our, I think our Pioneer testing was pretty good. Like, I was happy with how it went. I think also... The team was kind of large, but most notably, we had a lot of different players putting a lot of effort. You know, even players that uh, you know, we we had like players that were like older and always have been around, like me or Paulo. We had Paulo on the team also, just playing a lot, but also these young players also playing a bunch. So we had a lot of sample sizes. Um, my perception and a lot of the team also felt that, that way was a lot of combo was like the best deck to play in the tournament. Uh, but I just couldn't f- feel it. You know what I mean by feel it, Mingo? I just couldn't win with it. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you you play you play the deck and you understand if you liked it or not. Yeah, it's like I just couldn't get the most of it, and I just feel like I was playing some leagues and I was just losing games that I could have won again and again. I was struggling learning how to mulligan well with the deck, how to actually defend against Kade, whatever. I was not doing very well, even though like I, I I am sort of a combo player. It's not like I never play combo. I just couldn't win much with this one. I guess the lack of this side plan, because combo is like a pure combo deck. I mean, sorry, Lotus is like a pure combo deck. I'm used to play combo decks that are like a little bit of like control combo, I guess. Okay. But I just couldn't feel I just couldn't play very well with it. So at some point I gave up Lotus. And I do think I can play Ragdos very well. <laughs> so it was the other way around where Lotus, I was feeling like my deck was the best deck, but I just couldn't pull the wins. But Ragdos, I was feeling like my deck was not good enough, but I knew it so well that I could just get wins from tight situations again and again. This kept happening in the testing where I was winning games with Ragdos that I thought the deck will not, should not win on the other way around. So that's what ultimately um, made me feel... Comfortable playing Ragdos. Uh, I think it was only me and Anthony playing Ragdos. Anthony was not on board until the very last second. He was um, he almost played uh, Auras, but at the end he just felt like he was he was not going to play Auras very well. And he was going to play Ragdos well. And he knew also I had my version like very well tuned for the tournament. So he always had this like backup plan of jumping into my deck. So it was only us two, but I think the version was fine. I'm very happy with my Ragdos configuration. If I could go back, I probably would not change a card. There was like like small things like the mana base where I cut the Urborg. You know, I didn't play Black Cliff, Cliffs. You know, I put a lot of effort in this kind of details, Mango. Uh, but it's not like I forgot this card was printed. I just played it and I thought about, a lot about it. And 
ultimately decide to uh, against playing the the new land. I think the new land is kind of a trap, but I could be wrong as always. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know how the format looked from the from the outside, <laughs> Mango. Yeah, so uh, as always, as you said, uh, I looked at this at the mana base <laughs> first, and I saw no black cliff cliff. So clearly, you you thought about it. Also, I saw that you raised the basic lands a lot. I think most people play less than five basics, so you also made that change, right? Yeah, it's just like so. Ulborg was not good for me. Uh, I never liked it much, and but I also wanted my mid game mana to come into play untapped. Uh, mm. So it was about like you bring putting more basics or putting more sulfur springs. Um I expected some mirrors and that's what most of the reason why I didn't put more sulfur springs because you know so many mirror matches actually end this being decided on like two life points, you know, with shield or whatever. Games are often tied. And to be fair, Ragdos mana base is just like super solid. I am on the other decks. What's I think the... it's yeah like it's very very rare to die because you call the screw. Also like the deck the mana base is super good. Like you red the screw, you red the flood you lose games because your cards are like not well suited for a matchup. Yeah. But the mana base, no. I don't think I want to sacrifice speed to get a better mana base. Like if the mana base is already good, I don't need more dual lands. I just need like my lands to come into play and tapped. Because sometimes yeah, yeah, exactly. You lose because of one of my problems um again last time I played was uh, in Sofia, so it was November, uh, with Rakdos mana base was the sometimes you had this like haunted rage plus castle lock twin draw and like, all your lands came into play tapped. And you know, you couldn't go turn two, two drop, turn three, fable. Exactly, exactly. That's why I try to... I mean, that's why I liked playing a lot of basics, and I'm happy I did, I did it. Um, I mean, there, there's surely a, maybe a way to build a better mana base, but I don't know where to start. Like, I just feel like the mana base is good as it is. Like, I'm playing, I've played five basics. Uh, I, will, I could maybe play four, but it's just like basic swarm is so good because of what you said. Like, the Castle Lodge win makes it so... You know, sometimes you get why? super outward hands. Why are you not playing one Urborg over a Swamp? Because I felt like there was... Um, so, one, the mana, the deck has a lot of black colors, right? Like, it does have a bunch of black sources. But the key here is you almost never need more than one black. Like, sometimes you need two, but you still have, like, almost every land in the deck except two mountains and one then on Sogan Sun, except four. You have, like, 21 black sources. That's already a lot. And whenever you have four lands, if you think about it, it's almost impossible. Like, for Urbrook to be good in that situation to cast like a shield, you will need to have specifically three of the four red lands, or I guess a pathway. But it's just so unlikely because if you have like Mountain, Sockensen, and then of the Bugbear, you're never putting pathway on black. Right? So that situation is very rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But on the other side, there's a lot of situations where Urbrook helps the opponent. Uh, the, you can, for starters, you can help the mirror match opponent. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, there's like there are other other decks that actually get benefited of the of of this situation. Mana Confluence is one of the big ones. Like a lot of uh, okay. Grisman, right. yeah, Grisman decks play Mana Confluence, and, and also a, Boggles, also Audas. As as a Blood Red player, uh, one of the strong strengths of this deck is that it's a true mid range deck, which means in every matchup, even if you are the defender or whatever the defender. Their life total always counts because suddenly you play Shouldred. And yeah, yeah, exactly. So if they can save two lands, lives because you cast Ulwork, they play Ulwork, that's pretty bad. But yeah. there's more than that because there's also like um, Ultimatum from uh, Lotus Field. Uh, there are some games where they can cast it also. And it's also like Leland Binding, which is a good okay. card. It's a good card against you, whatever. But actually, Black Red can be pretty fast. And 
you know, you're attacking the resources yeah. with Thoughtseize and the such. Lele Manning for three mana is not particularly good against Black Red. Lele Manning for one, now that is very good, right? And the Fire's decks or whatever, I mean, Black is their splash color often. Like that's the one they don't play cards, so you'll play one, a few lines because of the of the bandings or whatever, but they don't have black, so you play yeah, yeah. Ulborg, suddenly, you know, the bandings become, become much better. I think that's a lot of ifs for, you know, a line that virtually never is more than a basic swamp, so I just went for basic swamp. Easy. <laughs> yeah, I have this memory of uh, watching uh, Reed versus an incarnation player, and he had a bent triumph plus mountain, and couldn't cast binding for one, actually mattered. Just in my mind, I, I think about this now. Exactly. So, and the rest, yeah. I just went for similar Sofia Mana Base. I was playing Mountain, Basic Mountain. Map. Yeah, because I think Basic Mountain is pretty good. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's a, the land that lets you always like go like, you know, Swamp Thoughts is Mountain Bone Crusher, like stop and then just play a three drop. And I still play Dan of the Bugbear. I think Dan of the Bugbear is important. Um, I played it over the Black Cliffs because again, I think I have enough black. And then want to cut it because then you play against blue white control or like reactive reactive deck or whatever, uh, and the land is does so much. I, I at least I won a game attacking with land of bugbear. Like we'll have not won otherwise. So you know that, at least that match is on then. I, it depends on the metagame, of course. Like if metagame is super aggro, I could see cutting it, but you need to spec like control to be very low in my opinion because um, one then can make a big difference in that matchup. I also remember you wanted to cut Takenuma. But it's still there. So yeah, I did. But at the end, I started loving Takenuma more. Uh, okay. You know, like, yeah, I, I liked... I, I think we'll having run to count Takenuma. I think Takenuma is a very... Like, it's very rare to use Takenuma. But I think when you use it, it's just, like, too good. Remember the tiebreak? That, uh, the tiebreak was, like, we thought Crocs plus Takenuma was good. Mm. And yeah, this is still the case. We're playing like, two crocs now. Yeah. I think we're playing one, maybe. Yeah, no, we're playing two crocs and one Takenuma. But if it does yeah. happen, you know, it's just good. I think Takenuma is just too good not to play, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's a tight thing anyway, but I'm happy with Takenuma. And I just, I just did like once only on tournament, but it's also not that common for Takenuma to screw your your large wings. So I like it. Yeah, I saw, I see that you're playing two power word kill. That's the card I wanted to fit. Uh, to fit very much in the deck. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of power kill, but no. we, you know we need some removal. It's also not dead against Lotus, and it's just like so. So yeah. many players were playing five removals for them in a match for Shieldred. They were playing two red boards, three board kills or whatever. So I could not play. I, I could play one less and still be fine, but I didn't want to play like two or three less because then I will lose the middle matches, and you know I, I don't want to lose every single middle match I will play in the tournament. Yeah. yeah. All right, as, as always, uh, you know, competitive magic player, they love to talk about 20 minutes about uh, one or two card changes. But I guess this is also one of the reasons why you are uh, listening uh, to, to this podcast is for the uh, Cat Herbor Put Swamp exactly. in your two colors deck. So hope you enjoyed uh, this discussion. But yeah, so you ended up on, on Rakdos. You went 7-3, which is a, a solid record at the Pro Tour. Definitely want to be uh, happy. All right, Javier, so... You had a great time during the uh, Pro Tour uh, uh, Philadelphia. I'm sure that uh, you're going to have a great time as well in Minneapolis. Hopefully, I can join you there. I hope so, man. Uh, it was, yeah, it would be great to have you there. Also, now I got to hang out with Anthony a lot. Uh, we hadn't met in person in like a lot of years. We do talk a lot with each other. We also we talk with you. So it would be great if we can actually meet uh, all of three together. You know, I will personally love it. 
was this the first pro tour that you're not uh, in the hotel room with me for I don't know many years? Ah, <laughs> uh, true. That is true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't mean, do not miss being attacked by you randomly in the night. So yeah, that's good. The, the 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 random hug are even more aggressive now. I think because I I I'm not used to sleep with. <laughs> With uh, for for GPs or PTs as often as exactly as it, as it yeah 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 no but it, it was good so I'm I'm looking forward for the next one then again the next one also will feel like it might be the last one but yeah it it's just also being in the testing house with them with the people that were they were great I was a little bit like I don't know the word like reluctant a little bit the situation of just going into a house with people a lot of people I didn't know beforehand mostly because most of them I actually did not know in person. Right, like a lot of uh, a big part of the team, so it was a little bit like this. I I don't know how it will work, but yeah, I mean, it did work pretty well. I think there was like a very there were very good vibes in the in the house. It took me like uh, like some days, two or three days or whatever, to get used to it, but the vibes were great, and it also felt like you know you know. I remember when I got into the team. You remember the mint card team, the when yes. we finally met more. That was Kaladesh, right? Kaladesh is actually in Hawaii. I mean, I was there, like, I barely knew everyone, anyone, right? This time I knew some people quite a bit, like, I knew, there was Simon also. Nice. Which we have teamed with in the past many times. But other than Simon and and um, and Anthony, Anthony, most of the people, I knew some of them, but I never got to talk too much to them. Like there was, like, there was Mati, also Paolo, other people that I knew, I have talked with them, but never stayed in a house for 10 days with. You know, and the rest, I just like a, a lot of them in the house. I didn't even know how they looked, so it was a little bit of a shock the first day, whatever. But the whole Texas experience overall, it was great. I I loved being there and I had fun. You know, it was good. I I also got to live that part again. You know, where I just was getting used to be with new people, but I, I also learned a lot of things. I ta- got to talk to a lot of different humans about life and about how how we felt about magic and how we. You know how we approach this tournament. It was also good to see this. You know, these new new players so passionate about it and just passionate about learning the game and trying to do well in the tournament. Uh, yeah, like you know, we saw the Nathan trying to get learn the deck before the tournament. Also, you know, I, I, I yeah, it was a good experience, Mango. What can I say? I swear, I imagine. Yeah, we already are into another testing experience as we are uh, uh, talking about stand there for the upcoming regional championship which for me and you, it's going to be the weekend of 11-12 March, whereas for Anthony, it's just near the corner. It's the 4th, or I guess the five, the 5th of March. Yeah, is Anthony going to win again? That would be cool. He's going to get like yeah. two slots for Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, so because of that, we're going to uh, stop talking about standard for the next two episodes. So not that many, actually. And then we're going to definitely explain all our findings for the, uh, I believe, the American RCs is like months, like even more than a month after ours, which is strange. Yeah, I think it's in a while. I mean, that's cool for us, right? Because we can actually talk about this. I, I by the way, I want to thank personally, like some players I run into the tournament that they, and some people approached to me, like, you know, to say they were fans of the podcast. So I want to say that, you know, that means a lot to us. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go for no standard that's rules. I also, you know, I briefly talk with one player around about this in the tournament, you know, like our rule is, you know, we don't talk about formats where we're testing because we want everything we say to be as we think it. And that's why. 
And the plan is just to keep doing it. So for the moment, there's going to be no standard, but there's plenty of formats and plenty of like competitive magic to talk about. And we'll yeah, it's, uh, it's to respect both uh, the teammates as well as the listeners. Exactly, exactly. Like our teammates know that we will not leak anything and our listeners know that everything we say we're not holding off. Like we think a deck is good, we want to say it like the same way I explained why I think the, the Swamp is better than the Urborg. It could be wrong, but that's what I think, right? So... So yeah, I mean, no standard for now. I know standard is not exactly your favorite format so far, but I think you're liking it so far, right? Aren't you? Yeah, playing a lot of Magic Online leagues. I think that uh, the level up there it's it's all right, and I uh, still didn't have to open Arena, so you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that Magic Online is holding up well. Are you gonna allow me to test in Arena though? Can I? Oh yeah, you can play. You can play. I can. I can I can I can play against you if you if you have a, if you have a if you have an account <laughs> or on paper I bought almost every paper card paper so you can play on camera, Discord like the old days you know that's how we want to do it yeah also I have Kalk coming up uh, here actually in the Sinigallia so we're gonna do some paper testing well I also got, I, I like I got to talk with a lot of friends like a lot of people you know I talk a lot with Seth in the tournament I got to hang with Kalk on Monday it was really cool we got for the went for a walk go to the Rocky Stairs or whatever. Got an ice cream. Like I got to to spend some time with Kalk, uh, the day after. Oh, the Rocky, Rocky, Rocky Balboa. Yeah, exactly. There's like this. Oh, cool. The movie. There's the stairs in the movie. Yeah. Just like there was yeah. a lot of people. It's like a touristic thing, right? But I got yeah, mostly sure. yeah. The, the big part of it is just go go to you know. I was talking with Sergio and Alberto from Spain, but also with Kalk. So we had this like relaxing walk. We were two hours or so, like walking and just hanging out. Just we were talking, uh, making Kalk practice Spanish. Which is pretty good, by the way. And yeah, it, it was it was good. You know, I got to see him again. Like Alka is a good friend of both of us, so I'm looking forward to see him again in Naples. Yeah, you know that my girlfriend actually wants to go back uh, to New York this year again. So again, she's got back from more it. Kalk. She likes. Yeah, I know. She said she says she wants to more to see more. <laughs> All right. And the flights is just incredibly cheap too. How much is a flight? It's 400 euros. That's pretty good. Hashtag, hashtag off topic. <laughs> MTE finance. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, there's no Anthony. We can go off topic. <laughs> nice. That's great. <laughs> Take that, Anthony. We're talking about yeah. half magic things. <laughs> also, there's no Anthony. So we're going to talk about legacy and vintage later. So stay tuned. Cool. So yeah. So you can just put this dual lens to use. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can also do the, the the true and only format of the people, alchemy, right? Yeah, it would never be a Carney's podcast without a little bit of a popper talk, especially since I played my first popper challenge in, I don't know, since I had COVID this summer, I think. So, uh, past summer. And I got the toe top eight with Orzo of Ephemerate. Yay, victory. Kind of. Yeah, it was funny because... Uh, I woke up on a Saturday morning and I was like, yeah, I don't know what to do. Uh, I fired off a, a standard league and uh, I and I felt there was a popper challenge starting. I'm like, eh, I guess I can multi-queue, but then obviously the popper games lasted forever, so I never played another, yeah, exactly. <laughs> another standard you, match. You cannot multi-queue popper. That's my experience. Popper is like the games are so grindy, they never end fast, so you can never multi-queue. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was playing my Orz of Ephemerate, so that's the black and white uh, deck with uh, Thrubbin Inspector and Scour Skyfisher, Spirited Companion, which is the new Avish Visionary that just works so well, and then, of course you have the Initiative, it's a really cool deck, it's been my pet deck for weeks now, uh, yeah, just went, uh, I was... Uh, five and one i was five and one in the swiss and then i lost the first match in the top eight my opponent played super well so they were playing blue black um terror right the luck deck and the luck deck sure but they were always able to blank my chainer's edict with rotten reunion every time oh okay yeah i've never seen uh, i've never seen that play before basically like they were always one man up and I played my first chainer, and they played Rotten Runner in a response. Then they had it in the graveyard. I didn't have a relic, so my next chainer would have also been bricked. Ooh. And that happened again, both games. And I felt like, you know, Chainer Edict, which is supposed to be one of the best card against uh, Tolar and Terror and friends, was tempered. just, yeah. you know, not good at all. Yeah. I wish it was like a journey to nowhere or whatever. Wow, that, that's pretty good. Uh, by the way, did you, yeah. you just remember me something I... I don't know if it was in the house, but I think it was somewhere around into the tournament. You see, I talked with a lot of people. Um, so we had a question for you because you're the expert. How, okay, Auras, do you know Pioneer Auras? Uh, you know what, what I'm going to ask, right? Is it a luck deck? No, of course. I mean, of, no, 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 no. I mean, of course it is a luck deck. Oh, okay. How, like, out of the 0 to 10 scale, is it like a, what's the score? What's the luck score of this luck deck? Because you're the, the, I mean, the authority I don't on this matter. So I wanted to ask. Yeah, no, I mean, you saw the final, right? Like the player had three lands, four spells, and Mulligan every every time. Well, we we agreed to like that, but it's like a nine. Is it a ten? Is it a nine point five? Is it an eight? What do you think in the chart of the lag decks? I, I know it's pretty high, but I wanted to know your opinion. Maybe like the version with a Glad Cover Scout is a ten, ten. but the version uh, Mati played without maybe like can be a nine. Nine, okay, okay, thank you. So that's I mean, answer. compared to the Pioneer format, of course, like Reanimator Legacy is a ten, but yeah, okay, know. so it's more or less like Reanimator. Okay, so the yeah, I would say it's the Reanimator of of Pioneer. Okay, so a tier one lag deck. The like cover scout yeah. and the Matty one is like a mirror tier two like deck. Okay, thank you. I mean, it's, yeah, you can say you can say tier for the people that loved my my first uh, power ranking tier one point five. Okay, okay. I mean, uh, you know, if for the person that actually asked me, now you have the answer. Thank you, Mango. You can continue with the popper. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that was it, honestly, Hours of Ephemerate. Also, just once again, I want to praise the format. I played seven rounds, seven different decks, all tier one, like mono red, mono blue, affinity. Every match was cool. I got to win most of them. So yeah, great format. Again, highly suggested. And you can play an interactive form, but, you know, play an interactive deck, play creature, play removal spells. Basically a limited, but your mana base doesn't suck. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. So if I randomly join a, form, a power format this weekend, like a challenge, do you recommend this deck to me? If you randomly join a popper challenge, make sure to not tell Anthony. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will never do that. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, that's important. important. And also, uh, well, yeah, I think the Urza Ephemerate I played uh, is pretty cool. You can uh, I'll post the list in the show notes, of course. Okay. Okay, um, make some proper videos. But yeah, I think it's both good and fun. Okay. That's a combo. I will definitely play it if I... I, mean, I haven't played the proper challenge in a while, but, you know, every few months I end playing one. And I feel like maybe after playing so much Pioneer Unlimited, I may just randomly get one. It depends on, you know, if I have something else to do, but I might play it. Yeah, one of the biggest things I, I did with my deck, and I think 
it's good, is that I cut Pegasus Guardian from my deck. Do you, do you know what that does? Nope. So that is a Commander Legends card. It's a 6 mana 3-3, three, three, uh, but you can play for the adventure mode. Okay. And a 2 mana, it blinks a card. Uh, okay, so it's, it's basically a, it's a an additional ephemerate, yeah, it's a but blink. it's also dude. That's a six okay. mana thing. I mean, six expensive, yeah. right? Six mana is a lot. Yeah, I just it's just weak, and it's also twenty ticks on magic online. I mean, I'm gonna have to ask this because I mean, Anthony Wood also. Did, did you cut it because it's twenty ticks? No, we're let's just this is me, me and you, so Anthony will never know this. I mean, the fact that it was 20 ticks had a non-zero impact Exactly, on that, that was it. a question, yeah. Like, did it have some impact? Okay, the answer is yes. No, so I, in paper, I own I owned them, and I didn't play them. It went well, and I said, you know what? I just, from now on, I'm not going to play them. Okay, okay, that's that's good. It makes the deck considerably cheaper in Magic Online. <laughs> yeah, it's now, like, the difference between the two Hours of Ephemerate that top hated are, one is 123 ticks, and mine is... 64, wow. you know, half price, yeah. you know, only because yeah, of Pegasus. It's, just, yeah, it's not, yeah, <laughs> bye bye, Pegasus. You had a, a great time in the form of the people, but now, you know, due to some issues, you're not gonna be played in the deck anymore. Ciao, yeah, but goodbye, Pegasus. But nonetheless, I think that the, um, the deck is good, so that that is it for the format of the people. Let's move to Legacy, shall we? Yeah, I mean, Legacy, there's this, um, there's the showcase, right? Also, this huge, I think I will play it in Naples. I'm, I have to actually book the, the, the flight still, but I will think I will play it also because now that I'm qualified, I might try it a little bit less hard than standard. And I will, I want to play like some Legacy, Legacy, one of my lifetime favorite formats. So I will try to play that on Friday as well. Yeah, since since you're not coming to Four Seasons, I think you should play the yeah, Friday. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, like, Friday, Friday event. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually not playing uh, the Friday event in Naples. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing Four Seasons, I mean, if I, if I was playing Four Seasons, I will not play it, but since I'm not coming there, you know, I feel like after so many days out of home, I'm, I yeah. definitely need to go back to my routine a little bit, you know. Get no, some for sure. Like, I feel like... Yeah, if you know for 10 days and I feel like I've been out for like a month I told you actually before the podcast like it feels like it's been a long time since I haven't done a podcast but it's like I miss one week right just been out forever but I'm not mm. yeah for me it's the opposite I had a, such a just nothing happening in all February so I can't wait to go to Four Seasons next weekend and then Naples and then Prague it's gonna be it's gonna be fun right, let's have a look I mean at the uh, you know the um, Topics, yeah, legacy. Legacy. I mean, there's yeah, not so, too many initiatives, and there, there's a lot of things. You're gonna start. You're gonna you're gonna start, Mingu, or do I start? You're gonna start saying that uh, for those of you maybe are a little bit out of the Magic Online events this weekend. It's important uh, for uh, a turn of players because on Saturday there's the Vintage Showcase, which starts at 7 p.m. for me. I'll play that one, and then there's on Sunday there's the Legacy Showcase at 5 p.m. Uh, we are saying the European hour, of course. Yeah, because we're Europeans. Exactly. Uh, so, um, so there's two important events. You have you have 40 QPs. You need 40 QPs to join. I'll play the vintage one on Sunday. Uh, I, I'm not home, so I can't play the legacy one. But uh, this is definitely, you know, actually, I thought about this. This is another route to qualify for the PT. Yeah. One more thing, though. <laughs> I got to play the mocks like the weekend in the US. The mocks started like at 10 a.m. It's so much mm. better. I loved it. I loved playing the mocks. Like I went like one three drop or whatever, one two drop. I don't remember. Like two one drop. I don't know. I don't know. But I dropped and it was like lunchtime. 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. I I I don't this I don't dislike tournaments at five p.m. But like tournaments online at ten a.m. They are like oh, they are the best. I wish they. Yeah, they were sometimes also this early in Europe. I understand that would mean like so bad for Americans that it's not good. But yeah, it was. I really mean, good. at the end of the day, uh, Magic is an American company. Most Magic players are American. We do have challenges at our time now, so I think it's fine. I will try like, to play overall, one of them. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's a good time to play Magic. Yeah, I'm used to just being sleepy whenever I play online events. I've yeah. been doing that for the whole COVID. Uh, Covid years and All it right. sucked the whole time. So there's, there's, a, there's there were some things going on this weekend um, in the Legacy meta game. Yeah. So the biggest change, I think, you weren't here uh, ever when uh, the Perpetual will be one cards were added to Legacy. But we have two new cards joining the Legacy. One that is now stock in every Delver deck. It is uh, the um, actually, not in every Delver deck, but yeah, it's the uh, minor misstep. Yep, that card's you can right? see. Yeah, Wiki, which is uh, Angelo Cadet, very, very good Italian uh, legacy player, back to back top eight with uh, Grixis splashing for his enough out, has three minor misstep main deck in Delver. That's that's good. I think minor misstep, though, whoever, I mean, sorry, uh, however, should be better against that, like. It seems to me like this card would be better in decks like Control or whatever against Delver than Delver itself. That was my impression from the outside. Yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, Anzidi also said about Four Color. I believe Four Color arrived second on Sunday. Did it have a minor misstep? It did. Yeah, three, three minor misstep. I think three copies may be too much, but at least the, the card seems like she'll be make the blue decks that are on Delver a little bit better against Delver. Which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And then the other card that's popping up won the Legacy Challenge uh, last weekend. This time came uh, uh, top four was Mercurial Spell Dancer, which is the quote unquote, of course, Anthony is gonna hate me for saying it, the new uh, Red Arcane. Oh, he, he, I got to see him like complaining about people calling these cards like, you know, when we call a card that's another card, we call Skull Mother of Runes or whatever. Yeah. He was like, it's not Mother of Runes. I, I actually loved it. We're so evil by making fun of it but yeah it's <laughs> this is called uh arcanist even though so there's one matchup where this card is much better than arcanist and it's initiative like this card is perfect to destroy initiatives because can't be blocked which means it is warranted to steal the initiative so I think, yeah. yeah i mean the initiative that plays a two to three walking ballista so yeah but it's still like a blockable guy like if you don't have like they need to have initiative into Ballista, right? Like like the fact yeah, that this no, no. card, you know, always is still it, that's so huge. For sure. Uh, but yeah, so those are the new the new cards that are popping up, and it's not that easy for new cards to uh, be in legacy. Another new card is Atraxa showing up in JPA uh sneak and show deck, a couple of copies of it. Actually got to play a league with this deck and I pitched the tracks at the force of with a couple of times and I think that's a that's a good thing. Well I mean show and tell finally like GPS pet deck he, he finally picked a card after 10 years. <laughs> no because I was like been joking like you know show and tell yeah, it's the like, same it's, deck. Yeah it's been it's because they also make this legacy card like remember this legacy tournament where they didn't put any comp any like uh, yeah heritage yeah, Heritage or whatever, and Chantel was there already. Like, like Chantel just didn't pick a single car in the last, last 10 years. Yeah. And the deck's still like... There's brothers who dead in the sideboard, but yeah, mostly yeah, it's the same like deck. mostly nothing, right? So Atraxa, Atraxa yeah. might be the big deal here. I don't know how good it is. Yeah. I assume he was kind of trying. 
But I mean, yeah, Trax is showing up in every format. Honestly, we're gonna see her later in vintage as well. And again, just aggressive brand that you pitch it to force. Of course, if you show and tell or sneak attack it, it's gonna be worse than aggressive brand. But the flexibility of pitching it, I think, the thing is how really worse. Like, the, the key point here is like how likely are you going to lose once you put a Trax into play? That's a big deal. That's a big question, right? Yeah. So I played against a lot of reanimator, and whenever they reanimated the Traxa. I lost in the same way that whenever they ran aggressive brand, they lost. Exactly. The only time when I beat Reanimator is when they put Archon of Cruelty, which is dice to Solitude or a spell bomb and doesn't do any value, basically. Yeah, but this one, I mean, reveals 10 cards. That's so many cards. Like, yeah, it's just so many like cards. Like, how likely are you to not combo again once you reveal 10 Yeah, exactly, cards? exactly. It's you always just go off again, so if not many. that turn, that one after. Honestly, I, c I could see this deck just being like a 4 Atraxa deck. And yeah. is, if it plays for Atraxa, well, that would be a huge change. Uh, change. Like, if all yeah. your big guys, like half of your big guys can be pitched to Force of Will, that's, that's a whole different thing. So I, guess, I mean, yeah, I don't know. If it's good enough, JPF will for sure find out. Yeah, we're going to see later, but I guess I can do a little bit of a preview, but top four of a vintage um, challenge, there's Oath of Druids with four Oath, four Atraxa, four Show and Tell, as well as uh, in the sideboard for Force of Vigor. Wow, that's that's a lot so, of force. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is uh, four tracks I hear are definitely are definitely good. But at the same time, I want to say that I played White Initiative. I played against Oath. They Oath the Traxa. I defeated it. I would have never defeated Sirius and Messier. The other creatures, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, show and tell into Traxa seems powerful. I guess in vintage, if you reveal ten cards, it's easy to reveal a counter spell. So maybe that's a, that's a thing. Like you can just reveal like all the cards. Uh, if you reveal preordain, you can just search for another force of will. I don't know. It's uh, I guess you're not guaranteed to get force of will, but it's easy enough in both vintage and legacy. Ooh, in so. vintage, you actually combo with the tracks and flash. Wow. Flash. Yeah, because you flash a tracks. Uh, tracks dies. You still trigger. You so draw ten cards. Okay. Two mana, draw five, whatever. Yeah, draw five, but like, it's not like draw five. It's like you see 10 and get the five ones. That are good. Yeah, flesh is restricted in vintage, of course. Actually, I want to tell a story. Uh, when I was a child, I bought all the cards for flesh to play in vintage. It was for flesh. Uh, it was a tournament, no proxies, and they just banned the card before the tournament. No, GG. Yeah, so I still have like four flesh somewhere. I don't know. That might be expensive now. I mean, this deck seems like... I mean... It seems well built, you know. I don't know if it's gonna be good or not, but it seems well built for what it's trying to do. Like it has a lot of yeah, different combos, but also doesn't have too much air for it. Yeah, attracts also. Actually, look, looking forward to play vintage this this weekend. I think I'm gonna once again play uh, the white uh, white initiative. I actually, I don't know why, but I like just playing white initiative in vintage. Yeah, I like <laughs> it more than legacy. Also, I don't know what I will play. I mean. I was going to play Tinker because last time I played mm -hmm. Tinker for like I, I barely to never played the deck, but I played in one challenge. I got top sixteen and I had good vibes with the deck with the Esper Tinker. But I might just try to play some of the. I mean, this Oath deck. I might just play a League and if feel good with it. You know, I, I will try it. It had. It probably has a fine matchup against um, Doomsday, right? Because my vintage story is always I always lose to Doomsday. So one time yeah. I want to play a deck that's good against always. Doomsday. I assume the Traxxas yeah. combo is good. I mean, it has to be because Doomsday cannot put anything out of show and tell. So. <laughs> I was playing... So we had a paper vintage event, actually, uh, last week. And uh, 
15 people, which is pretty cool, uh, full proxy, of course, and uh, one player brought Vintage and, and won. I mean, brought Dumb Sorry, Doomsday. Doomsday. I meant to say Classic. Doomsday. I mean, yeah. are we ever going to learn Doomsday in Vintage? Because I always feel like it's the best deck, Yeah. but I also never, I don't know, it just feels so little Vintage. Like, it feels so Legacy to me, even though I think it's the best deck. I think that's why I never tried it, but maybe... I don't know. I, I don't know how little it feels Vintage. When they start Black Lotus, which is like every time... It's over. Yeah, every game they have a lotus. Every game that, that's why the, that's why it's the best deck. Yeah, it's got lotus. Also, I saw they discovered the, like this version. Now they play like bubble. Before they didn't play bubble. Mishra's bubble. Yeah. Like there's okay. They're they playing one, bubble. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I yeah. assume to make this like, more compact, but one very good tech that I took from Discoran is the cut down in the sideboard. It's not playing. Um, Feta push anymore, but cut down. This is the perfect answer to uh, Archon of Cruelty, Archon of uh, Ameria, and uh, uh, Opposition Agent. I think it's a cool, Ooh, it's a cool that's, tech. Wow, that's yeah. sick. something that because I was playing Grixis in paper uh, because I didn't want to play White Initiative in paper, uh, yeah. and uh, and I, sometimes I had Feta push and it wasn't turned on by the Fetchland. I was like, "Ooh, I should have cut down." That's sick. I, I didn't think of it. And they also play subtly. Mm. I don't know what for. Subtlety. Too subtlety. Maybe it's additional uh, counter for Archon. Oh, okay. I, I just can't pronounce that card. It doesn't... Subtlety. Yeah, subtlety. Yeah. I cannot. Subtlety. All right. I mean, I, I, I definitely play Tinker, practice. I might just play a league with Oath and a league with Doomsday. And if I go for one or more with a deck, I will just play that one. That's going to be my yeah. method. It starts at 7 p.m. though. It's so late. Yeah. it's prob That's probably good for Doomsday, right? It should be... I don't know, actually. Wait, is it? It's good. definitely good for white initiative. Yeah, exactly. That one does not take no, much. I don't want to play white initiative. I don't know. I actually... No, no, it's fine. I, I, I totally I understand. Play also. I don't know what I'm going to play, but for me, vintage tournaments, I never take them too serious because the format is like so wild. It's like, a, you know... Like, oh, of course. Yeah, so... This is for, for fun format. Exactly. It's a for fun format, but it's also a competitive tournament, so I would just... For sure. You can it. qualify to the Pro Tour exactly. winning a Vintage Showcase and throwing a Vintage Cube. Yeah, so the, we did Vintage before Legacy. That's fine. We should qualify to Worlds but, that way. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, I'm not going to play one of the Yes Guy decks or whatever, I think. No, 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 also, no. Play Power for, 9. Very bad for 3 play the power. Play as well. Yeah. I need to have So in Legacy, in Legacy instead, I am pretty lost because... Uh, one more thing though, I, about Legacy. One important thing. Tell me. Another another week, another Cephalid in the top eight. Just saying. Oh, but I mean, a Cephalid is one of the best decks in the format. I think it's... We got it, right? Yeah, but I don't... Ah, that makes me... I kind of don't want to play it. <laughs> There's three Shuko in this list. Three. No, I mean, that's not the wild part. The wild part is three Orange Chants, three Silence. Three Orange Chant, three Silence. That yeah, is I don't know. a lot. You know? Three Shuko... Yeah, I mean, in case, this deck is yeah, just feel... like only co like they're mono combo. They're just like super combo. Three step through, two therapies, six silence. I I'm gonna Three be honest. I never through. tried this orange chant approach in the deck. It is the second time I see a player making topic with them. So at this point, I don't know. If, I'm not even gonna have time for everything. So I might not have time for this. But if I do no. have time, I want to try it because what if this is the card the Cephalid always needed? You know, orange chant. Look at three Narc Amoebas. It's so easy to not find your creatures with this deck. I mean, they play three step through, right? So you have four Sagas, three Shukus, four Nomads. That's 11 cards. And then mm -hmm. four Cephalic, three Demonic Tutors, basically. So it, it's like a lot of pieces. It's seven pieces for one and like 11 pieces of the other with 
eight countries. That's that's not so hard, Mingo. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Just, maybe All I can say is that uh, I always lose this deck. I played uh, the Legacy Challenge. I played eight cast. I lost uh, to this deck. I lost to other decks as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I played eight cast and I played white a preliminary with white initiative. I just uh, maybe it's ancient tube decks are not as good anymore. I mean, Cephalidus has a good matchup against all the ancient tube decks. If that's all you're playing. I can tell. I mean, yeah. like, then again, like, initiative becoming a tier one deck made Cephalid good again. I mean, not again, like, made Cephalid good. It, was, it had never been good before. So, definitely, if you're playing all these decks, they're going to be, they're going to struggle against Cephalid again and again because that that's what this deck beats. It's like, they're just, this is just a combo deck that doesn't fall to Chalice of the Void as much as other decks. So, especially with Susa yeah. Saga. With a Saga the... getting through Chalice, you know, you can just turn, like, you could go to one Chalice. And still die in turn three because they go Saga, Cephalid, die. And that's pretty good. For sure. All right. That is. Let's go back to all the legacy that... decks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things. It seems that there's no like consensus on like the. This Snuff Out Delver situation. There's some players with the Snuff Out, some without. Like, there are like names we recognize. We have Wiki, but we also have like. You know, all the players is playing the there's not like the Hussar, the Wing Hussar, and the regular. It's it's what do you think? Like, it's I, I don't know what to think, honestly. So, I played a little bit of a I played a Grixis with Snuff Out and I played a Blue Red. I just I don't know, well, I guess maybe it's Virus, but when I played Grixis, I always got my Wasteland screwed. I just naturally drew my Underground Sea. It was terrible. <laughs> terrible is a strong word, yeah. No, for real, like. I believe I, I did, I got like color screwed every game and it shouldn't have happened. I just feel like the power level is so high that you should not splash a color in Delver anymore. Okay. I mean, I have no idea. I haven't played it. I think these decks are playing two underground seas, which makes it much better against the, the Western situation. But, no, yeah, but you know, I was whistling it out of red. That, that was my problem. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you get the sea, you cannot play the, the red card. So that's also a big, you yeah, know, it's a big issue. Like, Island is already annoying because it doesn't, you know, you cannot double spell. Yeah, exactly. So, and the gun yeah. is like more islands, which is like uh, annoying. Yeah, you have like one island, four wasteland, two underground That's only 12 red sources. Yeah, exactly. It's not. And, and one century, 11 red sources. That's unacceptable. I, I mean, I don't think it's unacceptable because you play the countries, but I think it's tight. And the, the thing is, obviously, like, how good is Nufaldi? Like, Nufaldi is just super good against initiative. It's probably pretty good in the mirror match as well, to be fair. But then, I mean, you can still get paired against, like, you know, Reanimator or whatever. And and they're having the black splash is, like, pretty good, isn't it? That's my, that's my impression of this. I don't know. Honestly, again, my problem was the mana base. Like, I just didn't have cards, didn't have the lands to play Pyroblast and Bolts in the same turn or, you know, Channel. <laughs> I, again. It no, was, absolutely. Yeah, I understand. Like, yeah. Island is already pretty bad. In like, back games. in the days, we used to play 18 lands with four Wasteland, right? So it was 14 sources of each. Yeah. I just, yeah, exactly. I mean, some of them, like, Kusar, he didn't play Wasteland. You know, that's a way to make a sniff out better. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking at Wiki's list, right. which again, is a player I respect a lot. So uh, I strongly disagree, but again, his results are, are strong. So obviously, like, his results speak more, definitely more than mine, which I is mean, often... I mean, uh, yeah, but having more results doesn't make it so you're right, but I guess... No, but like, I have no a opinions. good player with results yeah. is to be trusted, let's say. Yeah, but I mean, there's also like... 
more players playing with wastelands than play without wastelands also you know it's like it's a different way to build a deck i, I also have no opinion so i will just go with mangoes what mango says because he played the deck more and you know i will default towards like normal blue red delver deck at this point yeah but also because we're having like a little bit less initiative and i guess we still have some delvers but i'm not like is this Nufal like that good in the mirror match? Because in the mirror match is actually the matchup where having island hurts you the most, right? Because they waste on your volcanic and having their source like that's a matchup where you often need red now. You know, like that's a matchup. Yeah, but you the... you also have an answer to Murktide very easily. Yeah, so is that, maybe that's good in the mirror match. Like if it if his Nufal is good in the mirror match, that's a good reason to play Nufal, I think. Like yeah, it, yeah. You play uh, next matches, week. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah, ne next week I have. Uh, so I played against Reed a couple of couple of weeks ago for Channel Fireball, and I'm gonna be playing against Luis Scott Vargas. He's he's gonna be on like some various version of uh, Grixis, so Delver or Mercurial Spell Dancer, and I'm gonna be on various version of Ancient Tomb. We're gonna do that that oh, match. Cool. It's gonna happen in the uh, on Tuesday afternoon on Twitch, so you can check it out. I actually might. Yeah, I mean, I like this content. I think it's um, yeah, recommended content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to test for four seasons, so I challenged Luis and he accepted it. So I'm gonna double queue testing and the uh, content. But well, one day we can also one. you can we can also do this, you know. We can also go for this like carnage testing, open house or whatever. You know, maybe, maybe we can do. It's just an idea that's good to me. But we can maybe do maybe like this once a month or whatever. You could try one day. Yeah, right now I think we have uh, all the more important events to test for rather than legacy. But for content, it's definitely good. I think. Yeah, but the two for one concept is what makes it appealing. I think. For yeah, sure, you can test. Yeah. Also, it's kind of con like you know, like showing test I'm also shows like process or whatever. Uh, one more thing, yeah. we also had uh, the Saturday winning uh, death and taxes. Right. Yeah, well, I haven't thought about it, but yeah. it's definitely a surprise. Honestly, it makes sense. I was just talking about with this friend of mine uh, about how like Delver seems to be like dominating right now, pushed initiatives slightly behind again. There's just so many Delver in the top eight, uh, like three or four in every top eight, and boom, you just see death and taxes, which is you know praise on Delver exactly. winning the tournament. Yeah, I, th I think Snufout is a big deal. Like if I'm playing initiative and they're playing Delver plus Snufout. I mean, the matchup was kind of close before, but ahead for initiative, but only for a little bit. And now, like, yeah, Zephyr has to be a game changer, like a big game changer, like by a lot. Um, yeah, that, that that's my impression in the format. Like seeing the deckless and the such, I'm saying like, I will not want to play initiative for as long as Delver players are playing the, the Zephyr. Like imagine, I mean, zero mana kill a creature that's just so powerful. Like it's just completely... Yeah, it's not only the deck building. It's also maybe like players just practice. Because when I won my Legacy PTQ online, it was December, and I beat five or six Blue Red Delver decks. But maybe if I played the matchups again now, like same deck list, maybe your opponents would have played it, would have played better. I don't know. Just in general, just a more awareness of the deck definitely made so that they could uh, adapt way better than I could. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably true. But also the fact, like, yeah, like I mean. This first stop, it like two of them have the fours and the fouls. Like even if the yeah. one they play better, but two if they play better with four zero mana terminates, that's that, that's a bad combination. You know, like you play your four yeah. block, get initiative. They play zero mana terminate, kill the get the initiative back. I just like let's just remember how sick submerge was out of that. Like I just think of it this way because I remember submerge when I played it against green decks. 
I was like, wow, this card is like zero mana, killer creature just completely like obscene, like it's just so good. But this is like main deck to merge four off. Yeah, no, but again, against initiative is sick because I don't wasteland you. So you're gonna have zero mana problem zero problems. Exactly. Sunbird. Like it feels like I am manipulating the, the, the news to make people not play snuff out. The problem I think it comes in the mirror match. That's where the problem is. I guess testing will answer that because I, I can see like I understand what where you're coming from, and I think in theory Snuffout should be bad in in the mirror match because also historically splashing in double mirrors has not been a good idea because of Wasteland or whatever. But there's a chance this actually makes the mirror better because of what you said about the Immortite region. Like if I'm playing a mirror match and you can kill my Mortite but I cannot, that's rough because the very like you are gonna ha be ahead in the very long very long game. Like I am forced to keep forceful for your Mortite which means I cannot force your iterations, right? But but the player who has Snuff Out doesn't have to force the Mortites, so they can force the iterations and therefore will on average have more cards. That is my theory, at least. Like, seeing, like on paper, I think there's a good chance Snuff Out actually makes the mirror better, even though the lives matter there also, but just like killing Mortites is so huge. Imagine, I mean, this big turn where you play the Mortite, they kill for zero mana and play their own Mortite, and you're, you're just dead. Like how, yeah. how are you going to come back from that, right? So. Yeah, that's one of the strengths of uh, Blue Black Shadow. You see it in the top four. Blue Black Shadow, of course, playing the snuff outs. And I made a lead with Blue Black Shadow and I beat Delver. And the situation that actually happened, I went turn two, like, snuff out your two threats and just, you know, play two Shadow. And I was like, boom, it's insane. GG. Like, what just happened here? I mean, that, I, that's probably how... I think it was GGB in Steam, right? Like, the who played it first. But I think that's probably how... Uh, snuff out ended in this deck like they played against shadow they lost to snuff out or they played with initiative and lost to snuff out and well hmm, maybe you can play snuff out in this deck yeah yeah just having uh, both of the best right you just both play the iteration channeler and you play uh, the snuff out exactly again yeah. I'm not right now I don't play blue decks too often I was just yeah I lost the mirror match to wasteland a couple of in a row and I felt like I don't want to do this anymore and then I played with blue red and it didn't just you didn't get wasteland it was nice <laughs> no i mean so. I, I i'm not saying like for like i think it's on the air I, i'm not sure like yeah. i think looking on paper is not easy to decide i think this will require yeah. further testing so for sure so yeah we're gonna update you next week with my vintage showcase uh, performance hopefully yeah. i have a good result what about you javier what are you gonna do this week I'm, I'm i'm fully going to plan uh these both uh this both uh challenges showcase okay. i might pull the trigger on net dexephalic breakfast but other, other than that I, I don't know what i'm gonna play in other front. i think probably cephalid or delver for legacy and in vintage i have no idea like yeah, all these decks seem cool. I'm not gonna play something different. So I'm gonna play either Oath or Tinker or or probably Fair Decks. Fair Decks are usually what I do the best with. Like the Shaman decks, but this time they're also not that good. Because they, I think the issue with Fair Decks is you have to prepare a lot for specific matchups in vintage. But then you get you paired against Dredge or Doomsday and you lose. So it's a little bit rough. Yeah, so as far as I know, uh the 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 fair decks like teamer or soul tie were doing well but they were pushed out of the metagame by initiative because initiative tends to prey on uh, creature decks very well uh, but now as far like if you look at this top eights there's zero initiative in the two top eights uh, maybe so there's gonna be maybe a little bit less of that at the same time it's a showcase so pe people 
people that don't play the format tend to play that. So initiative is seems like an easy deck to pick up and play. Yeah, that I, I agree. I, I also think this like mana blue covered the jewel deck is always it's always solid against me when I play against it. So maybe yeah. that's a deck I could play, but I don't think I'm gonna play that deck because it will be like pick up and play, which is not really my thing in vintage. I think in vintage, no, so, no, knowing your deck a little bit mm. is um. I want to say important compared to other formats, but it's like, you know, it's good to have some plans. Like, if you if it's the tem- first time you play a matchup, it's not going to go well. Yeah, this is why Princip is the trophy leader, and he always, I swear, he always top eights every vintage event with uh, Paradox Engine. Not Paradox Engine, Paradox Cloudcom, Covet the Jewel deck. I mean, he got the double top eight. I mean, I mean, I guess... Maybe I could use uh, he, 75 net deck, his deck list. No, but like, it's crazy. If you look at his results, it's just top eights every vintage event. With this we could try this deck. I mean, even, it's a very mango deck, Even showcase and PTQs and such. It's an artifact mango deck. Maybe that's this is good to play. I mean, is this it, is a, it's like two, four ancient doom. Yeah, it's a, I, I think mango decks are ancient doom decks, yeah. I think uh, yeah, no. I might try. I, I mean, I have time to play one league or two, so I have to pick two decks. What are recommendations? Okay, two best decks to try, and if I like, just play them. Yeah, so I recommend you the Coveted Jewel deck. I think it's definitely very good. Okay. Any Legacy? I think you should play Grixis. No, I, I think in Vintage. In Legacy, I know what to try. I will try Grixis for sure. Also oh, okay. But in Vintage, what are the decks? Vintage? So you played an Oath in the past. I've played, uh, yes. With a Traxa. That list is cool, but maybe it's just not not as fun as picking up your artifacts and recasting them. That is, that is very fun. One last question about this. The, the one with Show and Tell or the one without? Keep in mind, I will follow your advice, so... Oh, this is... Responsibly. So, responsibly. So, Shuntal has never been a good vintage card, uh, and I don't think that the Traxa changes that, so... Okay, the number one. Without Shuntal. All right, yeah, just all right, play Planeswalkers. Like, how many Planeswalkers does the other list play? Oh, just one Oko? I thought there was this Oath of Druids with, like, 12 Planeswalkers no, or whatever. No, this is Paradoxical Oath, actually. Paradoxical Oath? Somehow. No. With also one Shuntal, though, anyway. Oh, wow. wow this is wild. I love it. Yeah, it's just vintage, vintage uh, middle-aged man just adding one of in their deck. A classic. Classic. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you look at a lot of vintage decks and there's a lot of one-offs that you think like, wow, it's restricted, but it's not. <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, so totally different thing, but whatever. I was looking at Mati Kuzma, um, uh, Abuzan Aura's deck and he plays a lot of one-offs Aura, right? Yeah. Because of the light pause. Right. And then he has one of the combat trick, Lauren's Escape. <laughs> yeah, well, I played a lot against this deck list, and I always thought of it. Like, you know, like it's a lot of hours, and one Lauren's Escape. Like, if you see the deck list, I'm pretty sure someone might think it's like an aura, you know? Because it's a yeah, exactly. I didn't know the card, so I went for it, expecting to be an aura, and it's like, I was like, wait, wait. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I thought, I mean, I saw this deck so much because it, it was a team, the, the team deck, right? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> escape always feels strange to me. <laughs> yeah, explain around it. Um, all right, here. How about uh, we say goodbye to our listeners? I have to go cut my hair. Are you going to post a Mango Fashion picture after you cut your hair on Twitter? In 40 minutes. Yeah. Nice. I will uh, take yeah. a picture. Next week, hopefully, we if Anthony's boat gets to Australia, uh, we will have like a, our three um, three-person podcast. Uh, where we will probably have a little bit less eternal formats and a little bit more like modern pioneer. But, you know, I I hope you liked it. And, you know, see you next week. Thanks for listening. And yeah, you know where to send the the feedback. 
than you. <laughs> yeah, I am Andre Vengucci at Mango09. Javier is Javier D Magic. Thank you for listening. Again, if you want to become a Patreon and share your results and ask our questions directly that I will be always answering. Javier has slacking a little bit in the Discord, but he gave me his words. No, he actually didn't, but he's going to do it now. Yeah, I'm also That he's going to be more active in the Discord. I'm also ready to answer the important matching questions. I ask like, you know, is this deck a luck deck or not? You know, you can show our your deck and we will judge it. In terms of how yeah. base it is, that's a very important thing. To yeah, for sure. Yeah, patreoncom carnies Thank you so much. Have a great week. Bye bye. Bye bye.